With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, welcome to G2 Hardcore, and tonight we're going to be t- talking about Action 958. But first I want to say hi to Tej and her lovely cousin. Yes, hello. My cousin's on her phone. <laughs> But she's listening in. She can hear us. Ah, cool. Um, okay. So, uh, first of all, we wanted to talk about um, the importance of having a pull list. Again, this week when I went to my local comic book store, the guy told me that the only people who got Action 958 were the people who had a pull list. And the reason for that is Diamond, who distributes the comics, had damaged boxes again. Damaged, mm-hmm. yeah, damaged goods. So I made the comment, I said, how are they allowed to have a monopoly? Did they change laws around here or something? And the other guy told me that there had been a court case where they went up and charged um, Diamond Comics, the distributors, with having a monopoly, but um, Diamond won the case because they do not have exclusive distribution rights to anyone but the big two. But oh, okay. But the indies, the lesser, you know, the non-big two, there's not going to be anybody that's going to make any money distributing them because there's not enough, you know. Mm, yeah production and stuff to do that. So basically, Diamond is a monopoly. It's just that, you know, because nobody's going to make money distributing everybody but the big two. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, primarily, you look at Marvel and their movie franchises that they have due to, you know, being in company with uh, Disney. You know, they have Star Wars, they have the Marvel movies and Marvel comics, and that's huge. I mean, last year Star Wars smashed all the records um, for you know most distributed in a year uh, or that year, that specific year. Right. Uh, because the still the most distributed comic ever in the history of ever is Superman seventy five. So right. Um, you can still get copies of that thing. So yeah, <laughs> but um. What I want to know is, Diamond is called Diamond Distributors. Well, it's called Diamond Comics. Their company. Yeah. Right, okay, Diamond Comic Distributors, right? Okay. They distribute comics. That is their livelihood. Yeah. How do they go about, because you are not the only comic book store. Oh, no. That complained complained about missing boxes, damaged boxes of action comics, um, 958, Detective Comics, and Wonder Woman, which is selling like hotcakes. Um, every every sort of comic 
and I, I I talk to a lot of people from all over the globe on Twitter, and everyone said when they went to their comic book stores, it was boxes are damaged, comics are damaged. You can have the comic to read it. We'll give it to you at 99 cents, right? Because some comic book stores don't just toss stuff away. They like especially the international comic book. You 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 cannot afford to to give stuff back or to toss stuff away. And so yeah, you know, um, pull lists. I think we should get onto it. Um, pull lists. Uh, you can explain better because you actually have a pull list. I don't. I have digital subscriptions, which is something different, but it counts towards numbering. Yeah. But what I don't what I don't understand is how does Diamond do their business or continue to be allowed to do their business when there is damaged goods every week? Aren't the big two like complaining or losing money from damaged comics or something? Well, I mean like the one guy said, he says it's a miracle if none of them are damaged. They had, you know, I mean, okay, I can see one or two being damaged for, you know, some reason. But, you know, half of them, no. And this has been going on for decades because I remember when my son came home and he would be griping about, Diamond screwed up again, the damaged books, he couldn't get my comic, blah, 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 blah. So this has been going on for decades since they took over the biz, since they went, you know, direct market. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, with, um, so for anyone lucky enough to have a local comic book shop and they actually patronize that, basically what you do, you go up to the, the guys and say, hey, this is what I want. I want this comic on my pull list. For example, I have action comics on my pull list now. I haven't done that for four years. Um, <laughs> but now I have two. And, you know, I have a, a game. I handed them a list, you know, and, you know, I, I get claws from Boom, which was actually good this last time. Um, I mean, it's always good. But anyway, and what they do is they, every Wednesday when your book comes up, they will put it in your folder. They have a folder for you. And mm-hmm. when you go up, all you do, you know, if you're not interested in anything else, you just go up to the counter and they pull your comics, you tell them your name, you know, and um, then they show them to you to show you if they're damaged or not. And also, at least at my comic book store, and I'm pretty sure a lot of them are like this, unless they have a policy against it, if I don't want that comic that week... I just hand it back to them, and I don't have to buy it. So that's how the prints work. And then you pay them for the comics that you pick up. Now, you should be responsible enough to pick up your comics. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't make it in every week, but, you know, I'll go in like the next week and pick up all my comics, you know, um, so, yeah, and that's how, that helps them with ordering, 
because they have to order three months in advance in the U.S. from a solicit. You know, I know mm-hmm. internationals do it blind. Uh, but yeah, international. Um, UK does it fine. They do it three months. Uh, Australia, which is even further than South Africa, so I don't know what their excuse is. They do it three months. But uh, when I went to the comic book store here, they have to do it now four months in advance. Oh. Um, so they order one month blind. Right. Yeah, and, you know, and internationally, I mean, they have to pay for shipping and, you know. Now, with Rebirth, I was told that um, DC did make some of, most of them returnable up to a certain point. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's good, too. But I'm not sure, okay, I'm, I assume that the electronic, quote-unquote, pull list or subscriptions, you sign up, and then it's almost immediate to get your your books, right? And so, like, you pay for them right away. And I, yes. if you want to cancel, take them off your pull list, you probably have to do it a certain amount of time in advance, or you uh, get no, it right. You can do it. You can do it. Um, uh, let's uh, okay. All the uh, the way it works with uh, digital subscriptions is, it's loaded at midnight uh, Eastern Standard Time. Oh, okay. And so, like, when I get up, you know, it's already on my device downloaded because I have it for automatic downloads. Right. Um, But if, let's just say I don't want, let's just say I saw a preview of, like I have bombshells on my subscription. Right. And if I saw a preview of bombshells and I didn't like what was happening. Right. You can go on five minutes before the comic is loaded midnight Eastern Standard Time, and you can end your subscription. And it it literally takes two seconds. Um, I've done it multiple times for different comics. It's uh, you can it, it's very um, quick. So you you can you can literally like you know eleven fifty five. You can end your you can end your subscription, and you don't want this comic, and then you can renew it whenever you want to again. Right. Uh, but, yes, you, you don't have the option of browsing the comic, for example. Uh, or I would have never bought Justice League number 12 um, because <laughs> that, was on my, that was on my subscriptions, right, Justice League number 12. And I remember for a long time uh, DC did not load the Justice League 12 cover that that it was that it ended up being there was a different cover and or it was just a blank cover it just said justice league oh. it was just just a blank cover and it said cover to come by jim lee and i had known then by then jim lee is like delayed with art right uh like he needs to draw something six months before it comes out um minimum <laughs> and so I did not see the the cover. Or I would have never I would have ended my subscription. But yes, it's not as free as uh um physical copies, but I asked uh, Gail Simone about 
digital copies because a lot of these um, indie comics or independent comics that she does, like Megalopolis and I think at that time she was doing Red Sonia and stuff like that, um, they rely very heavily on digital sales, which is why they don't like the uh, Comixology Unlimited thing where you pay six bucks a month and you can get unlimited comics because right. the creators don't get any money from it. Oh. It's literally just going to Comixology. Whereas if you buy the single issues for five, $5 or whatever it is every month, then the creators get their money. But if you take up the uh, unlimited subscription, the creators are basically booted out of their, their uh, royalties and their money. So they like don't get the any business. like the music business. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Like if you if you have Apple uh, Music, which you pay, I think it's also four bucks or something a month. Then the then as you stream the music, the artists don't get paid. But if you go and buy the specific CD, then right. the artist gets paid. Uh, but right. yeah, so it works on that situation. Which is why I don't have uh, Comixology Unlimited because it is literally, yes, it would be very good for me because it would cost me like 70 rands in, in my money. Yeah. And I could read as many comics as I want to. And I read Archie comics. I read uh, Klaus, for example, which is Boom. Right. Um, I read Red Sonia, which is Dynamite. All these different comics. It would be fantastic for me. But I know at the end of the day, it's not going to, and a lot of these people, you know, you, you follow, like Gail Simone or Scott Snyder or, or whoever it is, you know, you follow them, that sort of thing. And there is that sort of brand loyalty that you stick towards where you want to be loyal to the writer because you want the writer to have, you know, a future in the business. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, the digital subscriptions, yes, you pay as the comic comes out, uh, which is midnight Eastern Standard Time. And what it does is it's, it, it helps the, um, it helps add to the online credit of the writer and artist team. So if you like that specific comic that is written by this specific person, drawn by that specific person, and you have a subscription, it helps them to plot for their monthly forecasts and stuff. This comic is doing better. Right. So we're going to advertise this comic more. We're going to, and and they say it, uh, it helps to promote, it helps to create awareness for that comic. And it's more money for them. And it's, it was the same amount of money you paying, right? You, I still pay two ninety nine, uh, but it's what I'm saying is it helps for the digital people to say this is a popular comic, right? So we're gonna market this more because if fifty people like this comic, right. there must be another fifty somewhere else that like it, right? So we're gonna we're gonna tweet about it. We're gonna put this on Tumblr. We're gonna talk more about this comic. Than something else, right? And they say that's where the digital subscriptions help them is because 
people like the most like the most popular list is made up of subscriptions. Oh yeah. So so it tells you these these comics are uh, the most popular and it helps to create awareness for the comics. So obviously I'm an action comics written by Dan Juggins, drawn by Pat uh, Zercher to do fantastically well. So I'm going to put a subscription on there and I'm going to help it to do as well as it possibly can. I only have one subscription currently because I cancelled bombshells because they're going back to like um, like Amanda Waller and stuff and I'm like not interested in all of that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but yeah, they can keep that. I'm not interested in the whole that side of things. <laughs> When they bring back Lois and when they bring back Mira, I'll, I'll reload my subscription. Right. And that's your prerogative. I mean, you know, yeah. and that that should tell, you know, somebody something. Say, well, how come, you know, if other people feel the same way, how come the, it's losing, you know, people? And, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. DC should have been doing that three years ago. <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, DC, you know what? To be quite honest, I know the the writers have been doing it because I know when I asked Gail Simone about Batgirl, which was very long, very very long ago, I asked her about Batgirl and should I should take us take out a subscription, and she said yes because it. And I asked uh, Brian Cumilla about this for Smallville as well. Right. I said, and he said yes. Take out the subscription because. Uh, you know, if you like my comic, and I said I love the comic, so he said right. if you like the comic, take it a subscription because it helps them to plan, forecast, and say this is popular, this is what people want, especially with digital firsts. So if you like the, your digital firsts, then take out the subscription. You see, that's where they had a problem with Legends of Wonder Woman is people were, were were not taking out subscriptions. And so oh. they thought this book wasn't doing well, and they canceled it. And then, right, they canceled it, and then they saw the figures for that month when all the books were released, and they said, well, it's doing better than we could have ever forecast. And then they said, yes, because people don't know what a subscription is. Right. So they're not going to take out a subscription on this, but they are going to physically go every Friday that it came out and buy it. And so that's how it got. Now, because they canceled the first one, then they they did this whole story. They swung it and they did the whole PR machine thing. And they said, well, now we're coming out with Legends of Wonder Woman Volume 2. So, yeah, then they tried to educate people about subscriptions. Right. Well, and uh, that's what we're, you know, if it's digital, it's called a subscription. You give them, you know, tell them which ones you want when they come out. At the the comic book store itself, it's called a pull list. You get the, you know, the printed copy. And, you know, you get your own little folder and you get to know the peeps there if you want to or if you don't want to. And... You know, this helps everybody. You know, if you mm-hmm. want, if you want to vote for your book, this is the way to do it. Right, and a lot of people were scared because they thought a subscription 
means you pay a monthly advance. Right. And and it's not that way. It's you get no. your comic, right? Because like a lot of people don't want to take out a subscription with, for example, Superman Unchained, because it was they were saying, well, am I going to pay for this month and not receive a Superman Unchained? And it it doesn't work like that. You receive your product and you pay for it, and that's. But they just know that you want this comic, so they automatically put it in your digital library. Right. It works like like Amazon. You don't pay for it till it's shipped. Yes, or downloaded in the right, but and you know till it's delivered. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and it, it, that's how it was. And, but people were, because the word, and I think that they should have just called it a digital pull-list yeah. instead of a subscription because people mm-hmm. were like, well, I don't want like a Reader's Digest sort of thing. You understand? Where I'm going to pay every month and I'm going to get this book and I don't know if I want it or if the book is right. going to come out. Right. Because people didn't know what resolicits were and stuff like that. I know. So, that was fun. Trying to explain those to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, that I was like, so they canceled it. No, 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 it's coming back. When we don't know. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's literally how you explain. That's literally how you explain a resolicit. It's not canceled. It's just paused. Yeah, it's coming out, but we don't know when. So yeah, <laughs> that's okay. how South African government works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's important that you do it. We pull just it. don't know when. <laughs> yeah, true. And so it's important you get a poll list so you can vote for your comics, the ones that you want every week, because poll lists have a, are a little higher tier when Diamond sends the comics and you get the undamaged ones first. Okay? <laughs> the, you know, the people that have wait for it to go up on the racks may not get them because they were da- that that part was damaged. And usually a store will do whatever they can to make sure that their pull list people are happy. So get yourself a pull list if you have a local comic book store. If you have a digital, get a subscription. You do not have to pay every month unless you're doing that $6 thing. I don't know. But don't do the $6 thing because that doesn't really help the writers and the creators, you know, I mean, get get you know, vote for the books you want. Say I want action every two weeks, whenever it comes out. Whenever it comes out, and you don't cancel it beforehand, then you get charged for it when you get it. So, so everybody go out and get a subscription and a pull list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will go out and get your digital subscriptions, which is the worst name ever. Because I also thought I'd be paying every month for a book that never came out. Yeah, really. So, okay, let's. we're only going to pretty much just cover Action 958 tonight because um, Tish has time constraints. But yeah, I jumped down a rabbit hole. And, uh, oh, so. I'll just sit back and listen to this. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I know the rabbit hole she went down, and it's... Yeah. Well, I don't know, know the entirety of it. Because okay. <laughs> I went, yeah, I went splunking in all kinds of directions. So anyway, <laughs> as we all know, um, 
Dr. Manhattan was in DCU Rebirth, and he talks to Adrian, who is Mr. Ozymandias. Okay, now, Watchmen was created from Charlton characters. Um, and, okay, um, Night Owl was derived from Blue Beetle, both Dan Garrett and Ted Cord, who were Charlton characters. Dr. Manhattan was derived from Captain Adam. Silk Spectre was Nightshade. Comedian was Peacemaker. And Ozymandias was Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt. Okay. So, um, since we're dealing with analogs, which are derivatives, you know, um, I thought, well, I'll go to Ozymandias's, um uh, you know, who he was, and go to his analog. Who was he based on? Peter Cannon, uh, Thunderbolt, was created in 1966 at Charlton. Um, he wa- His creator is was Peter M- Marisi. He was a New York cop, and then no, nobody knew that he was writing comics. Um, now, Thunderbolt... Do not confuse this Thunderbolt with Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt. That that Thunderbolt is a genie that basically deals with the Speed Force, I think, But before it became known as the Speed Force. But Johnny Thunder it was in the JSA. And, you know, um, he when he says, say you, say you, that CEI-U thing, that calls up the genie and, you know. Okay, so anyway, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Uh, his parents were physicians in, like, Tibet, the Himalayas or whatever, fighting the Black Plague, and they were c- killed by the Black pa- Plague. And so um, young Peter went to a, what they call, lamasery. Instead of a monastery, it's a lamasery. And where he learned mind over matter, he had agility and speed, and he had a symmetrically uh, divided suit between red and blue. Um, now, he was loosely based on the 1940s hero Daredevil, not the same one, because, you know, who also had a divided suit. <laughs> now, um, DC bought Charlton, or acquired a Charlton in 1983. Watchmen actually was sold to DC in 1983. Watchmen... Uh, was was published in 1987. Okay, keep those dates in mind. Um, DC lost the rights to Peter Cannon Thunderbolt when the creator died. It went to his estate. I don't know how he got that one. That must have been a Charlton thing. Because, um, if only Sigwin Schuster knew. Um, Dick Giordano was a Charlton editor, and if anybody knows that name, they know he was also a DC editor. Um, okay, now, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt appeared in Crisis on Infinite Earths in issues 6, 7, and 10. And Crisis on Infinite Earths was published in 1985 to 1986. It was about a crusade against the Anti-Monitor, which we also just experienced in Dark Side War, written by Jeff Johns. Okay, so two years after DC acquired Charlton, 
they had these characters in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Now, they were known as Earth 4, F-O-U-R, not the number 4 like in Multiversity. Okay, and I'll get back to that. Okay, in 1992-93, Mike Collins wrote Peter Cannon Thunderbolt for 12 issues, in which Thunderbolt also appeared with the Justice League. At the same time, there was a JSA book that ran the same same 92 to 93. Now, after Maurice's death, I believe was in 2004, um, rights to Peter Cannon Thunderbolt went to Dynamite Comics, and that was published in 2012 to 2013. Alex Ross was involved with that. Um, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt also appeared in Flashbacks in Kingdom Come. He was part of Magog's Justice Battalion. His outfit was more reminiscent of the Golden Age Daredevil, who he was, yeah. And he was killed along with Captain Adam. Now, Peter Cannon's origin is uh, like Golden Age Amazing Man and the Shadow, because they both helped with Eastern mysticism. You know, they went to the Himalayas and got these powers or whatever. And the reason that that Moore used uh, him for Ozymandias is was like he used all his brain, and that's why. Now, this is what floored me. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt's recurring villain was the hooded one. Hmm. Aha. Aha. Did the hooded one have a stick? Well, I don't know about that, but, so, DC can't use Thunderbolts without the estate's permission, right? Right, yeah. Right, okay. But, obviously, uh, okay, so, I thought, okay, well, let's just look up uh, the hooded one, DC Comics, Charlton, and um, I hit the jackpot because it came up with the hooded I one. Also just, I also just hit the jackpot because I just Googled it. <laughs> yeah, the hooded one from Earth, F-O-U-R, appeared in Crisis on Infinite Earth, and that's the first and last time we saw those characters. Okay, so um, let's is that DC? Come on, let's go. Um, so actually, in um, he's wearing a green hood, and he carries a sight stick. Yes. Do you have a yes, bubble with him with that one? Because I can't pull it up right now. Uh, it's on Comic Vines, I think. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, I have one where he has a thought bubble. The fools, do yeah, they really one. think to okay? The fools, do they really think to punish me through banishment? Ha! Have I not already been as one apart all these years? This cursed hood serves to remind me of the events of that long of that day long past. Oh, we need to go read this comic. Oh, right, and that's in Crisis on Infinite Earth, I believe. Yes. Yes, okay. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, 
if you look at um, which wiki is this? DC's wiki. DC database wiki. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Earth 4 was the Earth originally designated as home to the Charlton Comics character acquired by DC Comics. This version mm-hmm. of Earth 4, including all history and corresponding appearances, was erased from existence following the collapse of the original multiverse in 1985-86, Crisis on Infinite Earth, limited series. Even though versions of the character may have since appeared, this information does not apply. Okay, now, there was a caveat on that as well, in that some of them, well, some of them they were incorporated into the DC Universe after Crisis on Infinite Earth, like Blue Beetle, um, Mm-hmm. And um, Captain Adam, and um, I can't remember who else. The question eventually, and you know those characters. Uh, we saw Ted Cord, Blue Beetle in uh, DCU Rebirth. So nice. um, here's the other thing: those characters came back in Convergence. Right. Well, if you know, I always have to remind people about what multiversity and what convergence were. Um, multiversity was made very clear by Grant Morrison that it is just the multiverse connected to the new 52. Now, right, but if anybody... Separation if anybody's separation between convergence yeah. and multiversity because... Right, I just want to explain that whole. Yeah, I just want to explain that whole thing. Yeah, properly because people think that oh, there's only fifty-two Earths. There isn't. The new fifty-two universe has fifty-two Earths connected to it. From there, there is a mirror universe, which was explained in Convergence, that is that was the planet that housed all of um, Brainiac's domes. Right. This opens up the entirety of the multiverse. For every multiverse, uh, the way I think of it is, you know when you put two mirrors together and you get an infinite amount of images, right? It just continues forever. That is the whole thing that is happening now with convergence because convergence brought about every DC universe that has ever existed and every multiverse connected to that specific DC universe. If the Golden Age had its planets and its multiverse, then you have the Silver Age and its planets and its multiverse. Then you have the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, the Modern Age, the New 52 Age. All of that has an infinite amount of multiverses connected to it. So it's brought back everything. Right. So, and yeah, yeah. This this Earth 4, I mean, especially with the way they spelt it, could very well still exist. Oh, yes. Because, like, they went into limbo or something. Uh, well, like, I know the Justice Society characters at one point went into limbo, and then they were brought back. Um, right, yeah. So here's the other thing that I found... Pre-crisis, um, 
Where is it? Okay. Now, keep Watchmen in mind. Now, in some of the Charlton characters, like the Peacemaker and Nightshade and Blue Beetle, and that they created, they were on a team. Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Nightshade, the question, uh, were on a team known as the Sentinels of Justice. Okay? Now, uh, there was a book called, uh, in October of 1985, which is pre-Watchmen, post when DC had Charlton, there was a comic for 12 issues, no less, called Who Sentinels the Sentinels of Justice? What does that remind you of? Who watches the Watchmen? Who watches the Watchmen? Very clever. Yeah. So what rabbit hole did you go down, Holly? Oh, honey, I was blunking all over the place. I mean, I was even looking up Johnny Thunderbolt, Thunder, and what he, his origins were because you know, he was in DCU Rebuilt, Rebirth, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, is there some connection with the Thunderbolt? But they can't use Thunderbolt unless they have permission of the estate. But right. The hooded one, I think, is up for grabs. And we all know how Jeff Johns loves his history of... You you know what? Yeah, small characters, bring them back, you know. Exactly. Jeff Johns loves characters that people... He doesn't like the mainstream characters. Um, Although he loves Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. But he's to write about the lesser-known ones. Right. When somebody asked him, um, would you like to do Batman or would you like to do Booster Gold? He jumped at the opportunity to do Booster Gold because he was like, that's the type of characters where I can unleash upon because they have so much history and mythology. You know, it's like, not that Batman doesn't, it's just that their characters haven't been evolved as much. Right. And there's a rich history there that you can develop on and and reinforce exactly. these characters and make people love them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like the only reason I like the JSA is because of his run on the JSA. Right. I didn't know about the JSA up until that point. Right. You know, I was like, oh okay. All right, these people exist. Okay. Right, and the way the JSA got formed in the real world is uh, anybody who wasn't Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they were thrown into this team book, the Just Society of America, and that's why you have the characters you have in there. And so they they were the Justice Society of America. Now, when in the 50s, when they were doing... Um, the Silver Age, uh, Julie Schwartz didn't like, you know, the word society for a team, so he made it the Justice League. Yeah, I remember Julie uh, Schwartz's interview with um, The Secret Origins. He said, society, you know, you go for tea and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> it's not stuff that's going to attract young people. Young people, what do they like? They like baseball leagues. They like, that's a, a league. So I'm going to call it the Justice League. And I was like, man's a genius. 
Well, and then he was golfing with Dan Lee's father-in-law and was bragging about they were making this Justice League comic, right, blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. they went back to Stan and goes, hey, Schwartz is over there if you're doing this. And so Stan goes, okay. So that's how they got the Fantastic Four. So Julie Schwartz is responsible for the Fantastic Four. Uh, Julie Schwartz, I remember he said, I didn't just save DC's butts, I saved right. Marvel while I was at it too. So, yeah. Yeah. So well, I under the Fantastic Four in comics is a fantastic, no pun intended, is yeah. you know, a fantastic book to read about heroes because it's what I like. It's all about family, it's all about these characters and it's not about these big intergalactic battles. Right. It's about the dynamics of being in a family and being right. superpowered and that sort of thing. Right. And the Fantastic Four movies suck. So <laughs> don't I don't know, watch the first the one was good. I like the, the I thought the casting was I, good. I love the first one. The yeah. first one is part of my DVD collection. Right. right? Um, because I thought the casting, the outfits, everything was, it was a comic book movie and it embraced everything about being a comic book movie. You know how some of these like X-Men comics, uh, comic book movies, the first ones used to shy away from the colored costumes, like Wolverine dances around in a yellow spandex and they made yeah. fun of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but this embraced the blue, the bright white, everything, that sort of thing. And that's what I liked about the first one. The second one sort of lost the plot. They sort of wanted to make a Fantastic Four movie, but they didn't have a plot because you you, you start off watching a movie and you're like, okay, I'm on board with this. Then they lost the plot or they gave it to too many writers or the writer disappeared halfway through because somebody was doing something else and you're like, huh? What? What happened to the plot of the first half of the movie? And the new reboot, so bad. So, so mm. bad. Don't watch I it. I didn't see mm. the other two, so. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Oh, okay. Don't. So I want to get back to the hooded one. Um, someone, yes. <laughs> some geek somewhere, God love them, uh, did an Earth 4 timeline. Now, they've used the number, but this was pre-multiversity, so. But. Uh, so they go back, they read all these stories and uh, involving these characters, and so they have a timeline. And circa 1450 B.C., um, the Egyptian sorceress Evila, who was also one of Thunderbolt's um, villains, is active. Her mummy is revived in April 1966 by the Hooded One. So she is eventually defeated by Thunderbolt and Blue Beetle 2, meaning Ted Cord. And that happened in Thunderbolt 51. So, yeah. So it was still Charlton then. And then eventually even Superman and uh, Booster Gold are in this timeline because after DC bought them, they involved the characters with Charlton characters. Like, we all know Booster Gold and 
Ted Core Blue Beetle are bestest buds, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, Booster Gold number one, created by Dan Jurgens, is on dun, dun, dun. the timeline, and also um, they mentioned something about Clark Kent, Kal-El, which appeared in Zero Hour number zero. Um, zero hour number zero. I have that book. I'll yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it must be some Charlton characters in it. It could be just Ted Cord or, you know, um, the question or, you know, a Charlton character. If I find a hooded one, I'm going to message you as soon as I see it. <laughs> well, now, he may not be in that. This this timeline was for all the Charlton characters. So, okay. Yeah. There's a Charlton character that DC didn't buy. Um, it may have been because, you know, it, they didn't think they'd profit from it or whatever, called Yellow Jacket, who actually showed up in Multiversity in Pax Americana. But Yellow Jacket is hmm. now public domain. So there you go. Yellow Jacket was used in what? Ant-Man, I think. Yeah, the movie. And people were complaining. I remember, I don't know anything about Ant-Man. so Right. You know, I thought he was a guy that, that shrunk down to ant size, like the atom, you know. Apparently he controls ants as well. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, and I remember people were complaining that they used Yellow Jacket, which isn't an Ant-Man villain. Right. So... That could play into your whole public domain thing. Yeah. Now, there was a character at Charlton called the Prankster. Um, And he appeared in Thunderbolt number 60. Uh, He was Harlequin-like hero, hero no less, fights with laughing gas, his hot air balloon, and a magic flute against the repressive dictator Bane and the dour future city of Ultrapolis. Where love, laughter, music, art, and every expression of human dignity can be a crime punishable by death. Does that sound like the New 52 to you? Wow, yeah. That sounds like the New 52 in a nutshell. Yeah. And that prankster is not to be confused with the one that Jerry Siegel created. I believe it showed up in action number 51. So, obviously, the action 51 was created long before the one in um, Thunderbolt 60, because Thunderbolt mm-hmm. was created in 66, so do the math. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the rabbit there was hole. A, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say there was a Superman villain on the animated series called The Prankster, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, I know he, I know he came out the same time as my two, my, my favorite episodes was when I was first introduced to Mixie on the animated series and the prankster. So they came out close to each other. Oh, that's good. Um, It's kind of interesting to see how, you know, especially the Golden Age characters, how their names are being reused and they're different characters now and who has the rights to them and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, Superman, obviously, has always been a DC character and always will be. Um, 
Batman the same, Wonder Woman the same. But for some of the other characters, like that, uh, some of the early publishers, like Fox and um, I forget who else. Um, somebody was a Fox character, and then they moved to Charlton, and then they moved to DC. So, uh, yeah. Um, so it's all really kind of incestuous in a way. <laughs> they are just borrowed from each other. Um, apparently, and uh, something else while I was reading this, um, 11 months after action number one, which, you know, introduced Superman, Lois Lane, Clark Kent, uh, somebody at Fox went to one of those writers and said, okay, do that. And so they created Wonder Man and uh, DC or National Publications at that time sued them. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, because you were getting things like Amazing Man and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, this Wonder Man had a Lois Lane character. Hello, that's how important she is, folks. I mean, you know. And he had a dual identity and blah, 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 blah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking Mr. Oz, or Mr. Oz is the hooded one. Mm-hmm. And John, no, um, and, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I've been looking for anyone but Osmandius because just because Jeff Johns used, uh, what's his face? Dr. Manhattan. Right. Doesn't mean he's, he's, opening up the world to um, Watchmen characters. Right. Right. That whole line in DC Rebirth where uh, Dr. Manhattan says nothing changes Adrian, who is Osmandius. Right. I think was just added because it's one of the most famous lines in Watchmen. Right. It's it was so important that when Zack Snyder made the movie, it was put in the trailer to show people how close of an adaptation, you know, the, and uh, Zack Snyder literally just took Watchmen and transferred it into motion picture magic because it's a, the closest thing I've ever seen of a direct comic book adaptation. But he still gets hate. You know, people are like, you know, Zack Snyder sucks. And I'm like, he literally took word for word from the comic and put it on screen. And you, you're dissing him. But yeah, anyway. Haters will hate. Um, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't think Mr. Oz will be so uh, obvious. Right. You understand what I mean? Like anybody who's read or watched Watchmen right. knows who Osmandius is. Right. And like when, when somebody told me, you know, there's this rumor going around he could be Osmandius, and I'm like, from Watchmen, really? Lex Luthor? I mean, that, because that's what he is. He's Lex Luthor, right? With a mask. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to He's not going to do it that obviously. Right. And what, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he looks Jeff completely different. that obvious. He looks completely different than Osmandius. And that bothered me. I said, okay, if he's Osmandius, 
why are we doing the green hood thing? I mean, mm-hmm. and, oh, he literally was a shadow, hooded shadow with a scythe, right? Yes. And, and and Kimmy mentioned something very important. She said, um, Osmandius in Watchmen is a very vain character. Right. The only reason he actually takes off his mask and he just wears the whole like bodysuit thing towards the end is and the and the only reason he wore the mask was to look like a superhero. Right? But he's a very vain person, blonde hair, blue eyes, perfect right. skin, that sort of thing. Yeah, his you know, name he, is a, a derivative of Ramsey the second. That should if you ever Google Ramsey the second, go look at the statues he made of himself. Right, but it but, bothered yeah. me that he was this hooded, this hooded character, and it was green. Now you know, like mm-hmm. Time Trappers is that purplish red color, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, have we seen this character before? And so when I'm going down through, you know, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, and his rival is the hooded one, and I went, what? And then, so I looked him up, and, oh, yes, of course, he's in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Well, okay. So, knowing uh-huh. John's, you know, he didn't want to bring back the Watchmen characters because they're to blame for the new 52. Right. Right. It wasn't Barry. It was these guys. And so yeah. he couldn't bring back uh, Thunderbolt. Um, so, probably... So, I mean, and he really wanted a more definitive villain. So he brought back Thunderbolt's villain, who's manipulating, you know, and who studied at the Lamasteri along with Peter, and that's why they were enemies because he resented that an outsider was attending the Lamasteri. So he, um, Obviously, he's using 100% of his brain, you know. And he looks mm-hmm. kind of Dr. Yep. Doomish anyway. We made that comment last week. So I made that funny note. I said, yes, he looks like Dr. Doom with a with a stick. Yes. So, uh, so apparently DC has its own green-hooded guy with a stick, and his name is the Hooded One. And he was in Crisis on Infinite Earth, and Convergence put that all into play. And so yes. John's maybe. I mean, we've got. I mean, we've got Ted Cord back, who's a Charlton character. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we had like other um, characters from Charlton to come back as well. And so, um, and I'm still wondering about whether Mr. Oz is just for Superman. Mm. And I'm I'm going to go back and read John's arc because he made some comment about he created him or made him. And who made who? Uh, Mr. Oz made Clark. Um, you know what? You know, I, I keep going back and saying we've had so many Clark Kent die. We've had so many Superman cloned dead. Right. It's a complete possibility. If somebody told me tomorrow New 52 Superman was cloned and recopied and put on Earth, I would say it doesn't surprise me because it was in Justice League Origins. 
Right. It was in it was in the dark side uh, villains month issue. Yep. Earth it two. Was, it was in Earth two. It was in um. What was it? Well, what happens on one uh, Earth usually happens in an, on another with the same character. Right, because right, what we learned from Smallville actually is that there's one dark side to the entirety of the multiverse. Exactly. And and it was confirmed when Earth 2's Superman was kidnapped by the same dark side that kidnapped New 52, Earth 0 Superman. Right. So, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Clark Kent died in that Batman Superman annual. Yes. So, yeah. 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 And then he died again, and he and you keep bringing it up. He died as Sand Superman. Yeah. He he was made into ashes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, same way the brutal also. Exactly that, and I say, and I and I also said, you're onto something there because that's where it could tie in. Brutal was a clone. Yeah. And he was brainwashed by brain uh, by not brainiac by Darkseid right. and Desat. And New Fifty Two Superman has been to Apocalypse alone. He has been kidnapped. You know, he's been hooked up. When Batman found him, I went back to Justice League Origins. When Batman found him, he was connected to all these tubes and stuff that were taking his blood. And he was disorientated. So. It could be very possible that he could be a clone. Yeah, and so that means in order to have clones, you have to have an original. Right. So where's the original? original? And my thought Mm -hmm. is it's in the five-year gap. He got confiscated in the five-year gap or very close to the beginning of it. And then uh, my... um, Liana and I had this huge conversation last Wednesday about the Clark Kent that just showed up. And I don't I don't think they'd make him a clone. I'm thinking he actually escaped from his prison and um and he well, we'll talk about it because I, I got this idea from Action Nine Fifty Eight. Even more so mm-hmm. we got to see a lot. So let's talk about nine action nine fifty eight. Do you want to start this off? Okay, let me just drink water. Okay. Um, by the way, folks, you don't we don't say it. Uh, Wonder Woman is, just get a spoon out. It's so delish. It's gorgeous. Steve Trevor. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Rucka writes like you want to, you know, eat it. And Liam Sharp's art, I mean, oh, my gosh. You know how we talked about Neil Adams and how his characters just popped, and and that's mm. the way that book was. Liam Sharp's characters, they pop, and, I mean, I wanted to crawl in the book and go after Steve Trevor. Yes, and, I also wanted and, to. Oh, that splash page of him. Oh, my goodness. And Diana, I'm sitting there going, these two should be together. Come on, look at this, you know. And uh, they're on the same island. Okay, they're they're coming. It's going there. It's going there. It's gonna happen. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just happy it's an isolated island, so they can just, like, scoot over to one corner for four-page panels. It's okay with me. Um, and I also love the redesign of Cheetah because that was cool. that's what she's supposed to look like. Yeah. And, she, you know, she's not supposed to be the sort of, uh, sexualized character like she was in the New Fifty Two, uh, but or American, her American Alien. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> the dreaded let's Ukraine. Not go there. Uh, Mark, let's it's not go. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it that much. <laughs> Let Clark have a little fun. It's okay. Better her than Lana Lang. That's what I say. No, because it makes things complicated when he goes to fight Cheetah. Come on. I you've been inside of me, boy. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. We don't know if you went that far. Okay, they could have just collapsed. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, actually going to nine fifty eight. Uh, but yes, no, Wonder Woman was was this number one? Wonder yes. Woman number one. Yes. Yes. This is the beginning of lies. Um, Yes, yes, and uh, I love the whole Greg Rucker taking the foments and saying, you never existed. Well, yeah. Well, And I love him. Let me add to uh, that theory. Of, the foments never existed because um, whatever Diana's thing's going to be, it's not going to be Tierra. She was never Tierra. And I'm guessing that, yeah. that mm-hmm. if the the original New 52 Superman was, you know, put somewhere for, in the five-year gap, he didn't know anything about the Fomance. He's going to see the, yeah. He, he's going to be, that would be completely out of like, his realm because he'd be like, uh, dudes, Action 12, I was going to marry Lois in the future. What happened here? Yeah, I was just gonna say that the original Superman from the New Fifty Two is gonna return, and he's gonna say, "What happened to my Golden Age with Lois?" <laughs> yeah, where where's Lois? Why, what what what? And that's the other thing. Yeah, uh, well anyway, we'll talk. Okay, let's go with nine fifty eight because we've got all these theories. That's what, what I'm loving about this action. Jurgens has questions, but they're like, okay. I trust Jurgens to give us the answers eventually, but it gives us all this great kind of speculation. And, you know, he's not one of those people who just throw something in and then walk away from it. There's a plan. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you can trust him. And, you know, he, you know he, he wrote sometimes with Keith Giffen, Superman 6 through 12. And you know, he gave us that great spread page where Clark's in the sky saying he's just going to go have some fun because he knew that there wasn't going to be any fun because mm-hmm. the moment yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Okay, so. I, I remember that issue. I remember that issue just, just to end it. He said, if we come back at all. <laughs> and he, it was sort of like hinting towards the fans that you're not going to get Superman. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Right. Action Comics 958. Uh, okay. Well, we have narration boxes from Superman, pre-Flashpoint Superman. Uh, it, it is the same 
narration boxes that you're asking me about last week, they are green. Um, apparently, this is how they're done. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, so it says, we came from another universe, made this world home, worked behind the scenes to make it a better place. And you see Superman in his black suit flying out of the barn. Uh, then it says, then you see uh, loser Superman dying. It says, then the Superman that was here died. Like a loser. Uh, Luther declared himself to be his successor. I couldn't allow that. Now I've gone public in the middle of Metropolis where I expected to see familiar faces like Jimmy Olsen. But some faces were all too familiar. First, a man claiming to be Clark Kent. There's a lovely picture of Clark Kent. And then we have uh, in his containment suit... And then him, the monster that killed me, Doomsday. How can this be happening? I had that question as well. Questions will have to wait. I have a job to do. You have this terrifically well-used splash page. This path of doom, part two. Lex Luthor's getting punched out of the page. Superman is flying into action. And Jimmy and Clark are like, Jim, uh, Clark's like, you're getting this, Jimmy. And he says, Clark Kent, Superman, Doomsday, and Superlex all in one shot? Come on, man, this is going viral. Um, and, uh, Mr. Page. There we have Doomsday screaming. We have narration boxes where Superman says, uh, thought this might be a trick, robot maybe, or a hologram. But he sounds the same, smells the same, feels the same. It's him. It is doomsday. Means I can't let up. And we see Superman taking him away, smashing him into a building. Clark Clark says, viral? We could be talking special edition, Jim. And Jimmy says, yeah, but how do you expect to write it when you're part of the story? And then we have a green narration box that says, amazing. And then we have all the picture panels with a green hooded figure. And he says, really do the pieces fall into place so quickly? Much will be learned this day. And on the screen panels is Lois and John, uh, the Doomsday Fight, Clark Kent, Superman. Then we have a green hooded figure that says, Much will be gained. Then we have John saying, Mom, you seem scared. Why? And Lois says, I, well, this is wrong, John. It feels very wrong. And John says, but Dad can take care of that bony monster, right? And Lois says, its name is Doomsday, honey. And your dad fought him once before. On our world. And John says, what happened then? And Lois, with a very, very worried and concerned look, says, Daddy won. That's the most important thing. John says, with that kind of name, Doomsday, must have been pretty tough. 
Lois, not not so tough that your dad can't handle him. John says, good. But what I really don't get is that guy. And he's pointing at the TV and he says, he looks just like dad. I mean, no difference at all. You said this old Superman is dead. We have Clark Kent on the big screen TV. Then we have Lois with her hands in her hand. She says, he is, John. There's no explanation for any of this. John is comforting his mother, and he says, it'll be okay, Mom, won't it? And we're back at the doomsday fight in Metropolis. Uh, People are saying, don't just stand there, run. He says, are you kidding me? Go to Central Street to the fight of the century. Uh, Already happened, dude. Um, And then we have uh, Clark in... Not clock. Superman in Doomsday's grip, and he says, "Everyone, listen to me. You need to run. Get away from here as fast as you can." And he's flaring up his heat vision, and he shoots Doomsday, and Doomsday goes, um, and then Doomsday punches him square across the page, and Clark goes, "Whoa! What do you mean I'm part of the story?" And Jimmy says, you can't, you can't act like this is normal, Clark. Like you're fine. He says, Lois outed you as Superman to the whole world. Even before that, you confined in me, man. You told me the truth. And then Jimmy continues, says, but now here both of you are, like nothing ever happened. Even as Luther claimed Superman was dead, wearing his cape no less, how am I supposed to believe you are who you say you are? And then we see a very angry clock and he says, I know what you're saying, but I did what I had to, Jim. I did it to survive. Okay, stop right there. When yeah, I was going to stop right there. <laughs> when you read that panel, what what was going through your mind? Well, what did he do to survive? You know, that's like the biggest question is like, okay, so you're telling us, you know, survival means grunting down, doing something, you know, covering your tracks sort of thing, doing things out of desperation to survive. And he says, I did what I did to survive. Right. He says, I did what I had to. Right, I did what I had to. And I did, I it, did it to survive. survive. Yeah. Okay, and here's the other thing. Why do you think he's angry? Well, because, uh, listen, there, there's two reactions to this that they could have gone with, shock or anger. And I think he's like, well, crap, my whole life has been, listen, I don't think this, I think this is a Clark Kent who doesn't know that what has happened right. in the New 52 sort of thing. Right. Because that's the way he's acting. Uh, if you look at the, the thing that I actually picked up on with this Clark's conversation was I'm talking about special edition, not going viral. Uh, Jimmy's talking about the going viral thing, which is a very sort of hip. Um, right untraditional, you know, media. It's a very now, 
you know, when they talk about, you know, these journalists now that are coming out that just want to uh, get the story out. Right. right? They, they, like they want to be the one. hits as possible, yeah. Yeah, clickbait, right? Yeah. That's what they call it, where they want you to click on their link first. And if you remember, the old Clark Kent, the, okay, the new 52 Clark Kent, when he joined up with um, cats and they had whatever their website was called, Catpolis or whatever. Catpolis. I got a hairball. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, he was, well, how are we going to get hits? And I went back and I checked it. He said, how are we going to get hits on a blog? How are we going to make this work? And she says, well, we just need a big bait story. Yeah. Right? And this clock is talking about traditional, I don't know, maybe it could be the people who are writing it, like Scott Lobdell versus Dan Jurgens, right? Right. And, but what I'm, the thing that, that hit, it hit home so, so thoroughly because, I mean, it like literally shakes you awake because you're like, Clark Kent of the New 52 never wanted this never pursued a special edition. He never went after the story, right? And this guy is like complete 180, and he's like, no, he's like the Clark Kent we know and we love. That's like, we're going to, you know, are you getting this for photographic evidence because we're going to do a special edition? And, but yeah. Well, even in the early days of Superman, even though it was after the five-year gap, um, George Perez had Clark uh, more or less. Uh, he was on the print side. Lois had moved on mm-hmm. to television and and uh, internet stuff. And you know Clark's uh, heart was with the print. So right. um, I think. Even, well, and if you go back to the only first year stuff we have, which is Morrison's Action Comics. Clark was very mm-hmm. much into the print. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was so long ago. Well, and then it so it issues ago. Zero, which actually occurred after, well, which was published after um, Action 12. I mean, Lois mm-hmm. loved, you know, liked his his blog. So we knew Clark knew about blogs and stuff. But... Um, you know, he was into Lois because of her writing and, um, you know, because he read her articles and stuff. So um, Clark was very much the journalist. Uh, for him to say, I think maybe that's a clue from Jurgens that this is not who you think it is, but I'm thinking it's the real guy. So, I, you know, uh, but... I thought he was angry because, you know, he had been gone. You know how Clark feels so responsible about everything? Well, the, he did before New 52, stupid mm-hmm. news guy. You know New how 52 he didn't so respons- responsible for anything. Right. So he would feel responsible. If he was gone, even though he was a prisoner or whatever, being tortured or cloned ad nauseum, uh, and we all know that clones don't work, except maybe Superboy and uh, whatever. And mm-hmm. so 
he would feel responsible. And then to come back and right. find out how bad it had gotten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if, like Lois outed people, him. Why would Lois out me? And you know, you mm. told me before she outed you. You know, and he'd be like, "When? In what universe would I ever tell Jimmy I was Superman?" Oh, the new fifty-two. New fifty-two. New fifty-two world. So that was um, just, yeah. And that happened in John's Superman arc, where Mister Oz made his first appearance. So you know, if you wanted. You could see that Mr. Oz is a puppeteer. You know, he's a chess master. He's moving these pieces. He had Clark tell Jimmy that he was Superman. Why? Was it, you know, show your secret identity day at the Daily Planet? You know, we couldn't figure it out. Why? So they could play video games together or not? You know, we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, because Jimmy, well, the excuse they used was, so that Jimmy could help him in the future arc that was coming. Jimmy didn't help him. No. Jimmy made things worse. Um, literally, well, Jimmy made things Jimmy worse. left. I mean, John's left the book, so... After that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can give you a quick example of how Clark Kent feels uh, responsible. Um... When you said that, it you know, it hit home to me. Do you remember in the animated series when he was kidnapped by Darkseid? By Doctor Who? And by Darkseid, not oh, yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> and, and he was brainwashed, right? Right. And they're standing on, the, on top of the Daily Planet, and Lois tells him, it wasn't your fault. He says, of course it was. It was because of me that all this happened. And she says... No, oh, you were brainwashed. That's a so yeah. That that hits home with the with the whole uh, feeling responsible thing. Yeah. Right, and he says, "How how do I you know convince people?" She says, "You just do it one person at a time. That's all you can do." Yeah. Mhm. Right. So wonderful, that's wonderful I, episode. Right. When I saw well, it was the last episode of Superman the Animated Series too. Um, Ooh, yeah. When I saw that panel and he said that, I was like, "Oh yeah." If let's hope we're on the right track here because it, it, when you okay, the mess that Jurgens was left to fix, you had the mm-hmm. full identity exposed. For what reason? There was no reason to do that. But that's what they did in the New 52. They just did things, and then, oh, consequences? Oh, well, what are those? You know, where Jurgens is, you write the story, uh, there's consequences, you know, there's uh, there's a moral to the story. There was never a moral to any stories in New 52. Um, and so, uh, to me, this solves the dual identity problem because, and you see it via Jimmy, who knew that they were the same person, but now they're separate. Mm-hmm. And um, so who's this other Clark Kent? Well, obviously it's somebody who knows the situation. I mean, he doesn't deny anything, really. Right? No, no. Mm-mm. No. He's in the know. 
And in order to be in the know, you know, he has to know about Superman and Clark Kent. And yep. he doesn't know about the situ- this situation where the whole entire world thinks they're the same person. He steps in. And so basically he, this is either Jurgens or the character is actually doing this, his way of salvaging the dual identity to make yeah. everybody mm-hmm. think they're two separate people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's why I, that's part of the reason why I think this is the real original New 52 Superman. Because in Superman number one, they just kind of mentioned that, oh, yeah, he had been away for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just came back. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, Jurgens was aware of that because, you know, they took over from Perez. And, um, you know, we got the whole health bond thing and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think, I hope I'm right because this gives me, really gives me hope. Because mm-hmm. Clark Kent, they had to bring back Clark Kent journalist. Mm-hmm. And and also, um, now that you mentioned it, I saw, uh, when was it, Wednesday, Tuesday, one of those days, Patrick Zercher, if you follow him, he is doing a history lesson on Superman and Lois Lane um, as he is reading and researching. And he's just the artist, but he says he's helping, he wants to understand these characters as much as he can. And he mentioned something that now is ringing a bell in my head. Uh, He said in the Silver Age, they did a story where, uh, I'll try and find his tweets. If I can, he tweets a lot. So, I'm going to have to find it. Uh, He said where they did away with Clark Kent for one issue and, or one or two issues or something. And it's, created such a ruckus because you can't have one without the other. And so it's ringing sort of, you know, a bell in my head It's going off because it could be a hint that they're bringing back the Superman Clark Kent dual identity, which is one of the cornerstones of the Superman mythology you know, it could mean that they're bringing that back. Or they're trying to, at least. Right. And, and the, you know, the, the, the situation they have is that there is no more dual identity. But now inserting this, Clark Kent, and, and I think right. he's a much bigger character than just some robot or clone or whatever walking around. I think he's actually mm. New 52 Superman. Yeah, you, the him situation around they had. While other Supermans around, people are going to say, well, they can't be the same person, because look, right there, in the same shot, there they are, boom, boom, boom. And they remember, they did that in Reign of the Superman as well. And also, Dan Juergens did this in the New 52, when they were trying to prove Clark Kent and Superman were the same person. I think it was issue 8 or 9, or something like that, that he did. Um, And they... They said no, you know, and they had that other guy that looked like Clark Kent, right? And 
they said, no, you can't just do away with the whole dual identity. Let's be quite frank here, Polly. The situation that Dan Jurgens was handed was, I tweeted a gif of it out, where this person walks in with pizza and he walks into a room where it's on fire and people are rolling around and it's just like a mess because Dan Jurgens was handed up a hot flaming mess. Yeah. Of excrement. <laughs> it was <laughs> of excrement, yeah. But and I think it was effed up. <laughs> yeah, and Jurgens and Johns probably got together about this. And in fact I think they did at one point. But he saw what Jeff. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I can see Jeff saying then, okay, I got this character, blah 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 blah, and Dave's like, okay, yeah, we used, you know, so, you know, and then he took the ball. The other thing I I think we forgot to mention is, what did you tell me about this, or did I read it somewhere? Jeff Johnson and Zack Snyder have been scripting a movie secretly together. Uh, I I tweeted you the link. Okay. I think. Or, or the thing, whatever, something. I know I also read it and I, I know, yeah. Jeff Johns is basically um, helping everybody to do their scripts. I know he's very heavily involved with the Batman script. He's very heavy, he's extremely heavily involved with the Aquaman script because he just loves Aquaman. Um, and he and Zack Snyder are in secret Scripting something. Well, we all know what that's for. Yeah, that's Man of Steel too. <laughs> yeah, because it's got to come out before Batman. Uh, yeah, and Henry Cavill. You know, people are saying, okay, if, if y'all didn't hear, you know, they did that whole thing where they let the journalists go into the Justice League sets and stuff, and there was. Zilch news about Superman. Absolutely zero news. The only thing that came out is that Deborah Snyder said, and Zack Snyder said, well, Deborah Snyder said, you can't have Justice League without Superman. That's a stupid question. Okay. And Zack Snyder said, well, Henry's growing his hair out. Right. So, I mean, everybody just jumped onto the whole. 90s, black suit, silver S, long hair, and Henry Cavill can pull that off amazingly. Um, But, yeah, that was the only Superman news that came out. Right. Um, And here's the other thing. I'm thinking that either they're starting it now or right after Justice League, uh, you know, the, what they call it, the first, you know, the primary f- photography is done. I think they're going to go right into Man of Steel, too, because they're not going to I, uh, I am 100% sure they are filming a lot of Superman scenes in Justice League, or they're filming Man of Steel, too, because Henry Cavill said um, on his Facebook, he said he's not allowed to have beer. And he's only not allowed to have beer and uh, what's those things? Complex carbohydrates when he is in Man of Steel training mode, because or Superman training mode, 
because it adds on um, flabbiness to right. his muscle tone. It causes inflammation and, and gives him exactly. all the problems. Um, and he said, and he said he's not allowed to have beer or anything like that because oh, he just said that, right? And and everybody who knows Henry Cavill's diet knows that when he's not having a beer, his training. alcohol of choice, he right. is in full Man of Steel training. Oh yeah. And also, Jesse Eisenberg is going to show up on set. Yeah, and and then somebody put all like, Justice League in quotation marks for Justice League, and we're like. I'm like, yeah, that's for Man of Steel, too. I'm sorry. That's what's happening. Yeah, uh, and also there's this whole, um, they're sort of casting this person who looks like a Brainiac figure. And they said, well, and I think it was Mark Hughes from Forbes. He wrote the best Justice League set analysis. If you want to read the best one, go and read his. Um, and he said that, you know, that they're not using, it's confirmed, they're not using Darkseid for Justice League. They're using Steppenwolf. Um, so who would they be saving Darkseid for? Right. And they said, well, obviously Darkseid, a lot of people don't know this, but Darkseid is not a Justice League villain, he's a Superman villain. Yep. So that's who they could be saving Dark side for I think that would be a fantastic Superman movie. I mean, because it would just show people how badass Superman is. Because you would not need the Justice League to take him down. It would just be Superman. Right. So yeah. Right. I de- I definitely think they're doing a Man of Steel too. In secret. Yeah, I did. And they're putting all the the fame and the glory on the Batman movie, right? So that people will focus on that and stipulate and cross examine and try and get set photos of that, while Henry is in full Superman training, right? Right. He's learning uh, jujitsu and stuff like that. For what possible reason? For the third act of Justice League that Superman's going to show up in? After and he's dead? I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I hundred percent think they are filming Man of Steel two. Right. Because if you look at the timeline, there's only two years to make this movie and release it on the 80th anniversary of Superman. Exactly. So I definitely think they are filming it in secret. Right. And it's all in the same studio. So that could go from Justice League, right? He could, or he could have his second unit direct Justice League, hop across to another unit and say, Henry, we're going to film you now in Man of Steel. Also, I read that there will be no Justice League 2. So is Man of Steel 2 going to take up the slack after Justice League? And so, therefore, Clark is fighting Darkseid. Yeah, and what they said is there is going to be a second Justice League movie, but it's being pushed back because it's not going to be Justice League part two. It's going to be the next Justice League movie. It's not going to be like how you had Harry Potter part one, the Deathly Hallows and Harry Potter part two, the Deathly Hallows. It's not the same story. It's another one. So they are pushing it back because it's going to 
sort of, they're going to introduce all the heroes, and then they're going to do another Justice League movie. Right. And, I mean, you could have Brainiac. You could have, you know, some other huge villain, you know, them taking them Mm -hmm. on. Or even a crisis of some kind. (laughs) You know what I would love to see in a Justice League movie? Starro. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see this big alien, you know, this sort of real sci-fi type movie. That sort of thing. And so I think they and I think Jeff Johns does think like that. So I'm looking for out there characters, not the you know, not the the mainstay of villains, if you get what I mean. Like for example, Justice League is coming out with the main villain as Stephen Wolf. Nobody knows who Stephen Wolf is. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I'm excited for Justice League. Uh, I'm excited for DC Universe. Right. I am 100% sure Henry Cavill is shooting Justice League as we're speaking and Man of Steel in secret. I know Amy Adams had to leave uh, London because her daughter has an ear infection. Oh. And, and so she can't fly to her in London because of the air air bubbles that she gets. Right. Um, So she went out to L.A. to meet her daughter because obviously, you know, your daughter's got an ear infection. Those things are dangerous. And, yeah. I know that's why she left London because a lot of people are like, you know, well, if they're filming with Lois Lane and stuff, but she had a family emergency to attend to. Here's the other thing. I'm going to throw this in. Since you mentioned it, okay, they fight Steppenwolf in Justice League, right? They think they have right. everything under control, right? Boom. Man of Steel, Lex has created a clone of Superman, and of course, we all know who that would be, Bizarro. Mm-hmm. So Man of Steel could be about Bizarro. Then, you know what? for the second Justice League movie, oh, you guys didn't take care of business in the first one. We've got Darkseid. You know what? Um, on the Man of Steel uh, special edition that came in the Steel Box, it had extra interviews and or extra minutes of interview. And Amy Adams does mention a Bizarro-type character. Amy Adams and Henry Cavill, actually. So, yeah. That was for the first Man of Steel? For the first Man of Steel, they said they were talking about sequels and possible villains and who do you get after, you know, Zod, because he's, like, such a powerhouse. And she's like, well, we could do, like, an opposite of Superman. You know? Someone who has... The man's powers, but he's he's not too good, sort of thing. A bizarro Superman and that sort of thing. Well, okay, think about so, it. Jesse Eisenberg Lex is showing up right now. Okay, we know that mm-hmm. he already cloned. He got the whole big pool morass thing. He already cloned Zod, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to stop him. 
No. So what no, would be the no, next no. thing? He clones Superman because he's got Superman's blood, right? Yes. So he clones Superman, and we get Bizarro from Man of Steel too. And then you know, I still th- you know I still this kind of popped into my head while you were talking about that. And so they think everything's hunky dory because they got rid of Steppenwolf. But here's the big bad. You know, Batman saw him, the Omega symbol and the parody. Right. But I think they'll save that for the second Justice League movie. Yeah, because, it's going to have to you know, be that big to do. I mean, eventually Superman can mess with Brainiac. Mm-hmm. But, I, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, possibly, you know, Bizarro would be the next one. Yeah, I... I think that um, they are saving Darkseid for when they have Superman in the Justice League. Right. They will. They won't use Darkseid in a uh, team building exercise thing that 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 Batman and Wonder Woman are, are putting together. They're like, you know, let's go have a tea party sort of thing. Right. Because they don't um, first string Justice League yet, and you can't. Put them up against a first-string villain. So they will put the newly created Justice League, who are really babies in this whole intergalactic thing ain't going on. I mean, Superman's the only one that has experience with intergalactic peeps, right? Yeah. Um, Superman and Lois Lane. <laughs> right. And so what they did was they got, you know, Steppenwolf the second stringer. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. So Steppenwolf uh, with the help of Lex, you know, because Lex basically brought him to to Earth and stuff. So. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. The bell has been rung. <laughs> um, yeah, Steppenwolf. A lot of people didn't put this, and I know this because I I read Neil Adams's write up on Jack Kirby's original characters. Um, which if if Zack Snyder and if Jeff Johns are involved in it, they're going to use Jack Kirby's uh, invention. They're not going to use the New 52, right? Right. Um, right. And Jack Kirby's Stephen Wolf was the herald that would announce the coming of Darkseid. Right. So he's always the sort of pawn in the chessboard that you're putting forward, right? Okay, maybe the pawns are the parademons, right? You you put those forward and then you play your knight or your castle as Stephen Wolf, but the you know, the main big daddy is always Dark Side. Right. It's like Stephen Wolf is a military arm who's mm. out, you know, to do reconnaissance and Take on the, you know, see how powerful they are, and then the despot, the totalitarian, dark side sit there and watch and see what happened, and you know, right. if and Steppenwolf can take care of them, then he don't have to step in. But if Steppenwolf's having problems, which probably don't have, doesn't happen that often, Steppenwolf's having problems, then dark side's going to step in. Mhm, and also, you know. With the the book, especially that Henry Cavill took from Midtown Comics for research, uh, which was Superman vs. Darkseid throughout the ages. 
there's a lot of apocalypse. It's not just Dark Side versus Superman. There's a lot of apocalypse, and it tells you the story, the backstory of Bada, of Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, you know. Right. Uh, of why New Genesis and Apocalypse are at war with each other. How they came about with the truth, who Orion is, who, you know, um, Calabash is. Right. Right. And so I think they're going to introduce all these characters and then bring in Darkseid. They have to, you know, they have to bring in Darkseid when you have Superman. When you have Superman at full strength, right. so I think they're going to do a Man of Steel where he builds up his strength. I think Justice League will be a sort of close reunion sort of thing that's going to happen with um, Superman. That's his story. It'll be him coming back. It'll be him and Lois. Right. And it'll be and it'll be him accepting Batman as his friend and ally because he sees he put the team together in his honor well, to protect the Earth. Let me just say one thing about that. And I I saw somebody who did a Justice League poster for the movie. I don't know. I don't think it's official, but they had mm-hmm. Superman up front and center. Okay. Right now, right. Superman's dead, okay? But we all know he's coming back. The thing about it is is that Batman may have, you know, met these, you know, reached out to these people. But the person that really brings the Justice League together, because he has inspired them to come out and do what they do best, is Superman. Superman has just made the great sacrifice. And so these heroes who've been more or less, they're not, I mean, you know, we didn't see anything about the Flash, you know, or Aquaman or anything like that. They're going to come out from under, you know, this kind of veil of secrecy or not being communicated worldwide uh, because, you know, they're more or less in their own little areas because of the death of Superman. And they're going to come out because they're going to, you know, it, in order to protect this world, it's going to take, you know, a bunch of people if we can't have a Superman. Right? Right, yeah. So it's actually mm-hmm. Clark who brings brings them together in spirit. Batman's just mm-hmm. doing the heavy lifting with calling people, yo, we're making a team, you want to come over, you know. Um. It, you know, that's fine, you know, cause, but it's always Superman that inspires everybody to get together and, and be heroes. Right. Well, Superman has inspired the formation of the Justice League in the DC Universe. He made the ultimate sacrifice. He saved Batman's humanity. And he inspired Batman to be the hero we all know he should be. And Superman has literally catapulted. I mean, that's why I love the whole DC cinematic universe riding and starting on the back of Superman's cape in Man of Steel. And people say, you know, I never understand this. People say Zack Snyder is not a Superman fan. He's literally started a universe built on the shoulders of Superman and Lois Lane. Dude, you cannot ask for anything more 
than that when you are starting a universe. And that is the biggest, I mean, the biggest homage to Superman's sacrifice is other people taking up. That's what, that's what the whole reign of the Superman was about. Was people being inspired, people like Bibble in the Ace of Clubs, right. being inspired to put a Superman shirt on and stop muggers from, you know, committing a small crime or whatever. That's what Superman's, that's what the death of Superman means. It is his sacrifice that inspires you to be a better person. Right. And um, that's what they're doing in... That's what they're doing in the cinematic universe. People keep saying, they keep using this term, Zack Snyder has not earned the death of Superman. And I say, bullshit, because he has? Because look at what he's doing to commemorate Superman. Look at what he's saying Superman's life was made of. Yeah. Oh, to get back to um, Apocalypse for just a moment. And action comics. <laughs> right. Well, and i got to tie into that, too. But, okay. Um, Justice League, the one they're filming right now, you can have Steppenwolf appear on Earth because we know that he has been on Earth because of the scene, you know, that was taken out of... Com- communion. Yeah. That's going to be very key. I wouldn't be surprised if it if a version of it shows up in um, Justice League. So Steppenwolf mm. and the Parademons are fighting on Earth, okay? And so, uh, and plus you've got the formation of the Justice League. So that's a lot to take in. So cinematically, if you know, and then they would do Bizarro because that's another cloning story. It's more Clark-oriented, um, because it is his film, Man of Steel 2, which we're guessing at. And they really wouldn't have to have another world. They could introduce bits and pieces of Apocalypse, little hints of it, but I don't think they go full stream. Then if they do the second Justice League, that's when we're going to get full-blown Apocalypse, because cinematically it would be comparable to what they did with Krypton. In the first Man of Steel. Mm. And then they would just bring on Apocalypse. And, you know, and I'm sure everybody would be like, how are they going to do this? And what are they going to do with this? And and that would be a big draw. So um, that's my comments about the movies. We're just guessing, but it makes sense, I think. to I mean, It makes sense to me that, that you know. Now, back to Action Comics. Um, I wanted to make a comment. Um, Liana were ta- and I were tweeting back and forth. And she wants um, pre-52 Flashpoint uh, Superman to be the guy. Okay. But I said, Mr. Oz said he's not, he and his family are not who they seem. Okay. Um, and basically what they've done with pre-Flashpoint Superman They've made him a battling alien with a family. Mm. We mm-hmm. don't see Jerno. We don't see Clark Jerno, and and that's why I don't think he's the guy. His Lois can't even go back to journalism. She's an author of you know um, books, 
and we really don't know what she's working on at the moment other than, you know, trying to raise her son. So I don't think they're going to be the ones. Yes, we're going to be dealing with them for a while, but we're back to battling alien, um, and really we've had enough of that. What we want is Clark Journo and the rest of the mythology brought back into play, the dual identity, the triangle for two, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so that's why I think, another reason why I think this is the guy. Because if you want to bring that back, you start out with Clark Kent being a journalist. Hello. And if he come back, he can't come back as Superman if he's been in prison all that time. Uh, you know, during the five-year gap. Why does Superman have the five-year gap and nobody else, you know? There's a leap, there's a five-year leap in Justice League. But there's a five-year gap in Superman. And so mm-hmm. how do you remedy that? You bring out Clark, guns blazing, I'm a journalist, boom. And, oh, I'm supposed to be Superman? No, there he is up there. And, you know, Lois outed me? Seriously? You know, and I told you before Lois outed every. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, that's another reason why I don't think pre-Flashpoint Superman is going to be the guy. I think he can have his own comic, you know, eventually, because it is a multiple universe again. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people who enjoy those stories and stuff, they could still do, like, Superman, Lois, and Clark, and John. Um, I think they're going to, um, and, you know, they wanted Superwoman to last forever. And I said, no, I think that's a means to an end. Just like Superman, Lois, and Clark was a means to an end. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think Superwoman will be a means to an end because they have her dying. And the other thing is Lana is her confidant. How long is that going to last? You know. So I think it's a means to an end. I Six to eight issues max, I'm thinking. If it stretches out to a year, I'd be surprised. But she's dying, you know. So, um, and this rebirth story, the death of Superman in the New 52 Superman story, again, we have the, uh, what do they call it? the reign of the Superman again, because mm-hmm. we have Lex, you know, we have, we're going to have a Superwoman, we got Super Dash Man, and mm-hmm. Lana has the knowledge, and we, and we got Supergirl. Okay, so who really wasn't affected by the blast that when Luther died. And so I, in my way of thinking, it's a possibility that when new the real New 52 Superman who's showing up as Clark may not have his powers. And the way to get him back is somehow something happens and he gets them all back. You can't have Lex superpowered forever. You can't have Lois. I mean, her first love is journalism. You can't have mm. her, you know, be superpowered forever. Who wants Lana having all Superman's knowledge, even if it was losers? It could be real. Super- well, anyway, and you know, and I, if I think that if the Super Dash Man um, catches on and people like it, then um, he can have his own, you know, 
world, earth, whatever, you know, where he's Superman, you know, it'd be outside what we would call main continuity. And so uh, that's what I think, why I think this Clark Kent is so important. And you know I'm going to go over everything he says and everything he reacts because I want to see what, what the heck, you know, where is Jurgens going with this? I know I'm enjoying the ride, but I want to know where he's going with it. So, okay, yep. that's all I had to say. <laughs> okay. Hey. I was just, yeah, Funko just did a Q&A, so I asked them my mandatory question. When are we getting a lowest lane? Like, they'll answer me. I think they have me on the, like, watch list. They don't answer my questions. <laughs> um, we didn't tell them about the email they sent me, right? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I emailed Funko just while we off the bandwagon. I emailed Funko, and I asked them, "Where is?" It's a very polite email, and I said, "You know, where is Lois Lane?" From Man of Steel, from, um, you know, Batman v Superman. Why are we getting a damn freaking Doomsday Funko and a Superman Soldier Funko, but no Lois Lane? Or Lex Luthor, for that matter. They emailed me back and they told me, well, Amy Adams hasn't given us, you know, the likeliness of her to use the character, and I'm like, that's bullshit. Amy Adams was, Amy Adams was begging for an action figure. It's you guys who don't want to do it. I was talking to somebody. It's one of the two. Oh no, DC uh, let other people make stuff off Lois Lane for for Dawn of Justice. It's just the Funkos that haven't been made. Right? And, well, and Mattel, Mattel only could do three, I think they said. So they did Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Right. Um, and so I did a bit of digging. And apparently Funko don't like doing female characters. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right, is basically centered around a female character called Daisy or Sky. Uh, it's her origin story. And they only came out with her Funko in season four. Holy crap. She's the main character of the story, and she only got a pop figure or any kind of merchandise in the fourth season. So, yeah, that that's something, and there's a whole string and a whole line. You can trace it. You can look at it. Um, you know, they do, like, Harley Quinn and stuff because it's a popular character. But, yeah, you can trace the line. When they came out with um, the Power Ranger Funkos, they didn't have the original Pink Ranger or Yellow Ranger but they included the Green Ranger that was only introduced after the Pink and Yellow Gold Rangers. So, yeah. Whoa! 
Why is that? I mean, it's not like they have to draw boobs or anything. No, that's the thing. Is like, what's the big deal? You know, and or look at the first wave of uh, Funkos that came out for Superman, Batman. Superman was Batman. Aquaman got his figure published, and and the um, what's that guy? This nightmare Superman soldier, that dude. He he got they got their Funkos published. Those were the four that came out first before Wonder Woman. And who had more screen time, Wonder Woman or Aquaman? Yeah. Aquaman was on there for two seconds, you know. Yeah, he was swimming. It was a a great cameo. He was swimming. You just keep swimming. But, you know, he he didn't say a word. No. But he got got three Funkos made of himself. Really? He got a color version. He got a color version. He got a water version. And he got a glow-in-the-dark version. <laughs> and and it's equal to the amount that Wonder Woman had coming out. There was a, there was a Wonder Woman one, there was a glow-in-the-dark one, and there was a, um, a warrior mode one where she has her sword out. So, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you can go back, you can look at it, Trace it. How many? You know, they say it's it's especially evident with the Marvel ones. How many female characters come out, and how many male characters come out? Right. So apparently, it's. I've been talking to someone who's both a fan of Marvel and uh, DC, and she does. You know, she she collects the things, and she says the female characters they're the last ones to come out. When you squeeze them for it. Yeah, they gave us that standard line about, oh, we don't have the license. DC hasn't released yeah. the license. That's bullcrap. And then we went back and we found a tweet where the Funko DC Legion, which is they do just specifically DC Comics ones, they said they have the rights to every single character. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue with action comics. Uh, okay. Um, do I have to read all the fighting scenes? Well, there wasn't anything specific in that, was there? No, there wasn't. It was just saving people and... Well, uh, basically... wasn't it... Um... Someone said, if Lex saves the train, then he really is Superman, and then it wasn't Lex who saved the train. Yeah, yeah. I will read all the clock kinfoots to see if we can pick up on anything. Okay. Okay, so, uh, because Superman is literally just talking about he's savage, he's, I've got to get him across the country, should I take him up into the atmosphere? You know, he's thinking of ways to stop Doomsday. Yeah, is that where the strategy um, thing is? He's got strategy yes. now. He's got strategy. <laughs> Since when? Which which uh-huh. really ties into Mr. Oz is pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Clarkin says Superman expects to beat Doomsday by flying straight up. Um, 
And Jimmy says, maybe take him where there's no oxygen, throw him into the sun. Uh, and Cox says, if that's Superman's plan, I don't believe he's going to make it. <laughs> um, you know, they're like, Doomsday's winning, he's stronger than Superman. He's more ferocious, more savage. Uh, can't believe we're having this conversation now. Lex is like, Clark Kent, two imposters. And not one of you has any sense. Uh, John is like, did you see that? You can't do that to my to my dad. Um, Lois is obviously having a PTSD moment where she's like, you know, he's killed you before. I can't watch this. You should run, but I know that's not who you are. Um... That's not the man I love. That's not the man I married. Um, He'd stay and fight. It's not Superman. Um, So then there's obviously a helicopter trying to get the best news angle. Uh, Domesday swinging Superman around, bunching him, bunching him. Punch, 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 punch. Punch, punch. Um, Then he throws him through a window and Superman... in his narration boxes saying strategy um doomsday is using strategy since when uh because doomsday is meticulously calculating his moves uh so john runs out he says um i can help Lois is like no john don't um and he says i know i can i can fly there and Lois is like, you aren't ready for this. You're only putting yourself at risk for the complicating things. He starts to levitate off the ground and he says, no, I can do this, Mom. Watch me. Uh, Jimmy says, these men are going to die, Clark. No more messing around. Get up there and save them. So Clark says, me? Fly? I told you, that's not me. It was never me. Um, so Lex is, is saving people. Okay. Repeat what Clark said. Okay. He says, me, fly? I told you, that's not me. It was never me. Right. He was never pre-flashpoint Superman. True. Um, or Or he's not what Jimmy expects him to be because he's never fought Doomsday or... But he has. You know, if we're... Oh, right, in action comics. Yeah, Super Doom. The corporate. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Now, Super Doom is different. That's the virus, Doomsday, which is... No, 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 no. Super Doom was um, the corporate one. Isn't that what they called him? Super Doom? Yeah. No, they called him Doomsday, I think. No, they called him Super Doom, and then the, the virus was... Super Doom. Again. Again, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, loser, okay. so. Oh, they couldn't call him Super Doomy Loser. <laughs> well, you know. Really? What? That's what we were calling him. Yeah. I'm a uh, Um, yeah. I'm infected. I'm infected. And I'm going to get reinfected because... I don't know why. <laughs> um, so Lex says, I'll give you this, Kent. Whatever um, 
game you're playing, you're committed. Uh, Doomsday is moving towards the train. Again, showing strategy, showing intent. Uh, he attacks the train. Uh, they're evacuating the area. Um, so then the tra- train comes off the line and says they couldn't stop in time. And they're like, no. And um, Jimmy says, I'll say this, Clark, if he can pull this off, because Lex goes towards the train to to help stop it. He is really a Superman. And Lex says, you. And the train is caught by uh, pre-flashpoint Superman. He says, got it. And he says, Luther, take over for me. Uh, save these people while I deal with him because Doomsday's coming back. Then Lex is cocky and he says, no, you finish saving the people. I'll keep Doomsday off your back. And of course he cannot. And, you know, he won't last long. So Prefresh points of man, evacuates everybody, as fast as you can, clear the area, get out. Doomsday punches Lex once he's out um, and he strips off his, his armor and Lex is like no and then we leave it with uh, the hooded figure watching his monitors saying think Kal-El what will you do next only then can I make my move next is against the wall So why does Mr. Oz call him Kal-El? He calls him everything. He calls him Clark, he calls him Superman, he calls him Kal-El. So he's confused. Yeah, but in this issue, he only calls him Kal-El, right? Calls him Clark as well. Where? I'm pretty sure in the beginning, parts. Uh, the... Let's see, let's see. I'm going there, I'm going there. Um, I think he called him Kala in one issue, pretty uh, Clark in one issue. I'm pretty sure. Uh, was that back in the Superman one? Yeah, um, I did in the I'm Superman just, one. Yeah, I'm just reading the previous Action Comics to see. He called him Clark in Rebirth. Oh, okay. When he talks to him, when he's dressed as Clark. Yes, he he calls him Clark at the motel. Right. So, my I'm thinking that the reason he called him Cal L because right now he's got Clark Kent on the screen. He's got this super, you know, they got Super Lex, and you know he's not going to call him Superman. So that's why mm-hmm. he calls him Cal L. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, he didn't. Did he say anything? Yes. Okay. There we go. He's got speech bubbles. Uh. Oh no. He talks about. Okay. No. He doesn't. He doesn't talk about Superman in the previous action. Okay. Um. Superman three is supposed to come out what July the sixth. 
And I guess Jorge Jimenez is drawing that one. You know, they were supposed to trade between Dan- Doug Mankey and Patrick Gleason. Mm-hmm. But Jorge had to step in. Yeah. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it's, it's um, it's you know, um, what's his face? Tomasi's book again. Yeah. That has the problem. Yeah. It's like, Patrick Zercher and Dan Jurgens know what they're doing. They're doing it on time. Yeah. And it's like the other book, you know, is faltering. This Action Comics has gone into a second printing, uh, as did the previous one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, why doesn't... Yeah, why does DC not think that action is going to go through the roof now that they've got got the real Superman running around? Mhm. Anyway, I'm going to have to call it a night. Okay, and I hope you don't you're not too hurt or offended by that. No, no, that's fine. You said you had limited time, so that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I hope we did well. I think we covered a lot of topics. Well, we can cover them next movies. week if you want, because there's no comics coming out really next week. I, I think that would be an ideal thing. Yes, we can so devote next week. I think better. Yeah, next week I think we can just do discussion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, hope everybody has a great week. Thank you, Tej. Thank you, Tej's cousin. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. uh, Let me find my thing here. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I wanted to say hi to Wendy Sue. Um, Hi, Wendy. uh, She's been here pretty much since the beginning. Um, So, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next Saturday. We'll talk about the books we didn't get time to talk to you about today. And that's going to be our show. Thanks, Tej. Thank you, Holly. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.